This episode is brought to you by DungeonNotebook.com, makers of the Tome of Delving, a hardcover notebook for keeping track of your 5th edition character. It has a place for your stats, your spells, your familiars, your inventory, all the essential things that each class needs, plus plenty of room to write down your adventure. The book comes in an awesome dust jacket and even has a ribbon bookmark so you don't lose your place. Go to DungeonNotebook.com and upgrade your character sheet today. What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Jeremy Cobb, but you can call me happy to be here. I love that. <laughs> happy to be here is here. <laughs> <laughs> Please call me that for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I, I, I just want to keep doing it. Thank you for being here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Happy to be here is here. I'm happy to be uh, here. I'm happy to be yeah. here. It, 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 it's it's this this is this finally like this has been a long time coming because I told you a long time ago I need to get you on difficulty class. We've had you naughty. We've had Jasper. We yeah. gotta get Jeremy in on here. You had and, them and both th- th- in like the first couple months of us doing our show, didn't you? Um, I, we had, we had you naughty on, I think, yeah, towards the beginning of it, Jeremy was, or not Jeremy, Jasper was, I, I did it again. <laughs> it happens so frequently. Somebody on the discord just accidentally did it. Uh, like the, I they, did it the they, first time I talked with you. Yeah, on Discord, <laughs> I called true. you Jasper, and you're like, "I'm Jeremy." I'm like, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the best part is when it happens on Discord, and they're literally they know my like they can see my name. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just still well, uh, like like with that first time, Jasper's name on Discord is Jasper, and yours is <laughs> it's just is not Jay Diddy. Like, it's Jay like, Diddy. Why did I think it was Jasper? <laughs> I mean, we do have the same initials. Like Jasper Cartwright, although his middle name is William and my middle name oh. is Marcus, so you flip the W to become. So that an means M. you guys have to fight in a vampire werewolf war with uh, with a lot of like. That's what's happening around. Yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> uh, listen to our Curse of Strahd episode. Uh, well, we did a two parter, a Halloween two parter for Curse of Strahd. Uh, there's a werewolf, although neither of us are the werewolf, sadly. Oh, Although, oh no! That, now that you mention it, we did have the the idea of doing a potential like a monster mash battle royale type uh, one shot at some point. So you gotta you gotta make them giant and fighting above water deep. Have a kaiju episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I th- it would be like I think it was going to be we would each play classic monsters, and oh. we'd either have to go on a quest together, like we'd be fighting the hunter. Or it'd be like we'd be yes. fighting each other or something. I forget what it was, but it was pretty. It was a cool idea, and I hope we do it. I love that, and I love. I I hope you guys just call it Monster Mash because that's perfect. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jeremy, thank you for being here. Uh, and just like with Unani and Jasper, I want to know about you because this is the first time you and I have really gotten to talk. 
Mm. Um, and, and I, and I've heard you talk about your stuff on, on three black halflings, but listeners here may not have, and I'm preemptively do this for a spotlight. If you haven't listened to three black halflings, you should do it right now. I mean, it's going to be hard to listen to the entirety uh, and stop this episode, listen to the entirety of come back. You'll probably forget about this episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll try and make sure, sure be- that w- by the time you get to the end, you'll have gotten to an episode where hopefully <laughs> I can remember to mention that I was on <laughs> difficulty class and come over to here and like, yeah, uh, for those of you who have just gotten here, uh, go back and finish that episode. Uh, I'll see if I can remember. If I can't remember, then just imagine I did it because it would. They're be like fun. thirty episodes, and they're like, "That's right, that's how I got on this." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy, how how did you get into tabletop RPGs? Um, well, I the first one I ever actually played is one that most people haven't heard of, but one that I hope to play one day either on Twitch or on, like, TB Halflings itself. Mm-hmm. It's a game that was created by one of my best friends called Paradox Perfect. I played it Ooh. way back in 2012, I think, spring of 2012. It is... A, the premise of the game is that... At least the original premise is that mm-hmm. you are a group of, uh, you work for a time-traveling agency, like a government agency, and okay. there's this evil group called Paradox Perfect, whose mission is to go and change history to try and create the perfect future. But the government is like, no, we have to keep things the way they are. So, and the game has kind of evolved, but the initial mission was you would have to go back in time and make sure that bad things happened. So, oh, like, it's the- like it's like Quantum Leap, but you have antagonists. Yeah. That's really cool. So the one I played was you had to, we were supposed to go back in time and make sure that JFK got assassinated. Oh my God. (laughs) Because Paradox Perfect was planning to save him. So we had to go back and make sure he had, he had actually died in one version. I didn't play in this one, but they, they had to go back and save Hitler from being assassinated. Uh, But what they ended up doing was it was like they captured Hitler and created a Hitler clone and the the Hitler clone, I think, still got a sa- uh, still like ruled Germany or whatever. But they took the actual Hitler and basically rehabilitated him and like caused him <laughs> to see the error of his ways. I think and like he became <laughs> like they he when he re- like they they somehow convinced him that what he was doing was wrong and he had a complete change of heart, did an absolute one eighty, and became a really nice guy apparently. But then I, they still I, had I, the. Uh, They still had the clone. Well, they still had the clone, and there was a character in that game uh, named Barrison Ford, and (laughs) Barrison Ford had the power where he had his power was that his the inside of his butthole was a grind like a meat grinder or something, and they still had like an extra Hitler clone at the end who hadn't his mind hadn't been changed. He was just basically evil Hitler, and they were like, "What do we want to? What do you guys want to do with evil Hitler here?" And he was like. I grind him in my butt. <laughs> I him in my butt, we grind him. And so <laughs> they shoved evil Hitler into Barrison Ford's butt. Barrison Ford is a literal bear. Uh, and they shoved <laughs> Hitler up, the, up a bear's butt, and he was ground up in a meat grinder. So okay. um, I have to wonder at what point during that game, because you, I know it happened, that someone at that table went, 
what the hell are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, I think people realize it. Uh, that question is asked at the opening, and you, <laughs> you very quickly realize this game is completely ridiculous. But that was I've I played also it. Love tw- how you held on to the information that Barrison Ford was a literal bear. <laughs> yes, that far into I forgot the to specify. Story. I played in my in my first game. I played Agent Chevy Chase, <laughs> and I was just I was just like a dude in a trench coat. I don't think I was actually Chevy Chase. I think I was just a guy in a trench coat uh, named Agent Chevy Chase. And um, I ended up I, fighting. I, it was it turned into complete PvP. I killed multiple <laughs> other members of the party. And me and this other party member ended up fighting for eternity in the future. Uh, and the best be part one. of the whole thing, the best part of the whole thing was we had one of the, one of the characters had that, that memento disorder where like you have an incredibly short, uh, short term oh, yeah, memory. Yeah. You don't form new long term memories. And he was simultaneously like the most physically powerful, but the, he had the hardest time actually functioning because he didn't know what was happening. And at the end of it, um, because of all the, chaos that we had done the u.s government thought that there was some kind of like soviet attack in the city of dallas and so they nuked dallas oh my god and the rest of us were gone except for him like i had escaped back into the future but he was still there and he looks up and sees like nukes falling from the sky and has no idea what's going on they were like what do you what do you do and he's like i just sit there and and watch it happen it's just like, oh my gosh, it became like this really poignant moment where this guy just accepts his fate. Like he's spent his entire life just being confused. And he's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna vibe out on this and just sits down. I'm just gonna just... vibe. <laughs> uh, I, really I think I can it. easily say that is the most unique and awesome first RPG story I've ever heard. Uh, thank you. It was great. <laughs> uh, I did not play an RPG again until a tabletop rpg that is i did not play one until i think october 29th of 2018 and that was the first time that i played dungeons and dragons a friend of mine shout out to ryan he uh i had wanted to play before but i had nobody to play with and ryan Mm. i was on tour with a play like a professional play i was on tour and ryan (laughs) like messaged me he's like hey bro you're coming back for like a week in or for like a couple of days in october right and i was like yeah and he's like bro we got to play D &D." and i was like i mean okay i was like have you played before and he's like nah man but i got a friend who knows how and he's gonna dm for us we gotta make you a character and i was like dude okay uh how, all right wh- what do we do to make a character he's like call me so after the show that evening i'm in somebody's like i'm staying at somebody's house and at like 11 something or like midnight i call i think it's like it's past midnight it's like and i call ryan and i'm like hey bro let's make this character and i'm like whispering because there's no sound insulation in this house and the person in the room next to me can clearly hear everything that i'm saying and for like the next 40 minutes he's having to go through all like the different classes and races and sub races on DD beyond and he the thing is neither of us had played before so neither of us knew what was really going on so i ended up creating a deep gnome druid named greeble Longpike, and had this whole backstory and stuff and we uh, my backstory was that uh, my parent, my family had spent. I knew what a drow was because I had seen Community, and <laughs> I'd seen I'd seen the Dungeons and Dragons episode of Community, and I knew that the drow lived underground. I forget how mm-hmm. I learned that, but the, I my my backstory was that like my family had spent our whole lives fighting the drow, 
And I basically had left to get stronger and gain, ho- hopefully get enough power to come back and help rid my family of this drow problem forever. Like, so that, like, they'd stay away forever. And yeah. we, it was basically just a straightforward dungeon crawl. And it was, we played for like two and a half hours. I made friends with a goblin. One of the, like, one of the (laughs) goblin NPCs that we were supposed to fight. It turns out these goblins were actually, that we were, that we happened upon, were actually going to try and save some of their people who had been taken by these giant spiders. And so while the rest of the party was in there fighting the spiders, I stayed out to watch the goblin and he and I became friends. (laughs) I love that. It was so much fun. And then we fought a dragon at the end. And the dragon... Heck yeah. The, basically, it was like... The the DM mainly knew how to DM Pathfinder. So we were mm-hmm. playing some weird 5e Pathfinder mix. Oh! I know what you were playing. That's a, that's the starter kit for Pathfinder. Oh! My wife ran that for me. Yeah, really? no, what, what, Yeah, the goblin, like, had toys and stuff. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. So. No. His sister had died. His sister had yeah. been taken and eaten by the spiders. Yeah, dude, that, that adventure is awesome. Uh, my, my That was the first time that we'd ever played Pathfinder. My wife ran it. And my best friend, like, we'd only played 4th edition, so we're used to, like, strict mechanics. And he's like, I want to take a pit and out and, and just stab one of the spiders to the wall. And Whoa. she's like, cool, do it. And he's like, what? And that was, like, mind-blowing for <laughs> us. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it was a great adventure. And we it was, I was, I was the, I was a gnome druid. We had... I think like a half-elf monk my friend Ryan played. And there was a third guy who was maybe like a fighter or something. I don't remember what he was. Mm-hmm. But by the time we reached this dragon, because I had no idea what was going on with my spells. And the DM never <laughs> d- told me. So I don't think I had any damaging cantrips. I don't even know if I had cantrips. So <laughs> I was just like, I, I had used all my spells. And I think had I think I'd maybe hit one time. And it was, it was <laughs> like we fight this dragon and my... My party members are comp- – we were in so over our heads that eventually he was just like – he has the dragon fly away because it was just like, I've had enough of yep. this. And it flew off and we were just like, whoa, that was so cool. Uh, and that was – that was – yeah, I never – I never really looked back after that. We couldn't get that guy to play with us again. Yeah. Uh, here's a weird thing. Side note, that dude was a skinhead. But he was an anti-racist skinhead. He was a skinhead that only attacks racists. Like, he was Uh, part of a group. Wow! Yeah, it was a part of a group of skinheads that deliberately go out of their way to attack uh, skinheads who are racist. So... That... Okay. All right. (laughs) I'd never heard of that before that game. I've never heard of it since. But it was pretty wild. (laughs) I also got strong implications that he may have... Or there were strong implications that he may have actually killed someone. (laughs) And he's like, well... Okay, moving uh, along. Well, I guess we'll roll some dice now. <laughs> yeah. It was like the it was this game store that he and my friend used to go to. The the guy who ran it turned out to be kind of a racist or something. And oh, and Ryan was like, "Yeah, I don't really want to go there again." And this dude was like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. We have a plan." And it was just like Whoa. this awkward moment. We're just like, uh, 
Should we uh, should we play now? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. What if somebody just leads her? Are we accessories? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, to this day, I don't know what happened. I don't know where the store was. You, you now <laughs> notice that the battle mat kind of looks like the layout of the game store. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, the description of the dragon is like suspiciously similar to the guy who who works there. Uh, but we, the next time I played, actually, my friend Ryan DM'd because the other guy never really mm-hmm. like he he never did it for us again. So we he started his campaign and it was completely homebrew as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was loosely based on Strahd, Curse of Strahd. Oh, okay. And he had, in the sense that, because he'd never actually read Curse of Strahd, because that <laughs> cost money. So he only, like, looked up a couple of things, found out that Strahd was a vampire, really liked the cover and how he looks on the cover. Hell yeah. And so just had Strahd as a character. And so partway through, like, I discovered that he was a vampire and ended up, because I was playing a completely chaotic character, I was a changeling who, who, my change, my changeling name was Jem. And nice. I was disguised as a dwarf named, I think, Falberk. Uh, I was a dwarf bard. And I was like this very popular musician performer throughout the kingdom and knew everybody. <laughs> and I was like the, the basically the premise of the game was that we were supposed to find out who had killed the king. What the other players didn't know was that my character was the king's official uh, court musician because we mm-hmm. be- I befriended the king. But I because because changelings can have multiple personas, the idea was that my character had been living here for so long that he'd grown bored of this persona. So he created a second persona, which was, <laughs> I believe, a I think it was a, an elf maiden who became a courtesan of the king. And so I am performing <laughs> for the king now in multiple venues. Uh, yeah, one of those, you know, his entire court is one dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he literally he did not know that his best friend, personal court musician, was also his mistress in a completely different <laughs> disguise. And w- when I was playing for him one night, this is before the campaign started, he discovered an item, like a favor that he had given the elf maiden in my bag and was like hey wait a minute why do you and it was like this awkward moment and i'm like i don't know what to do so i panicked and murdered the king oh my god transformed into a tabaxi like i called the guards and then turned into a tabaxi and ran out the window and so this entire time this was my backstory this is like i wrote this as my backstory the premise of the campaign is the whole party hunting me Including me. I'm helping them to hunt me, but <laughs> keeping it hidden from all of them. And so. That is beautiful. <laughs> so it was. We. I, I like talked my way into having a private audience with Strahd in his room, and I played a song for him to try and like lull him into basically a stupor, and I rolled a natural mm-hmm. 20 to do it he was just like and i like i basically got him to tell me that he was a vampire which i didn't i did not see that coming because i'd never heard of strong before so that's so that's such a cool experience i love that and so strong turned me into a vampire because like as soon as he told me that he was a vampire i was like i just like lowered my my collar and was like so what's up hey. we, we, can, can we like you know can i get in on this yeah and i <laughs> once again rolled like really high to persuade him to turn me into a vampire 
And so I, I became. I think that's the first time I've ever heard someone use those words. I rolled a really high persuasion to get Strahd <laughs> to turn me into a vampire. <laughs> I had no idea. The thing is, none of us knew anything about the vampire mechanics. Because, like, I I, I, all I know is, like, the history of vampires. It's like, oh, yeah. in most vampire stories, when you get turned into a vampire, you're just a vampire. But in, no, mm-hmm. in D&D, it's a whole other thing. You have to go through yep. vampire spawn and all that. Mm-hmm. You have to kill the previous vampire who turned you because right now they control you and all this stuff so he ended up because he had to like look that up he ended up just having me get like a stat boost Mm -hmm. uh because i i took on some of the vampire stats and strahd had like more influence over me like i was now his his dark servant yeah, um, and and now with the now with the Damphir lineage in in uh, Unearthed Arcana, would have been do perfect. That. Yeah, my it, my wife and I were we we caught up on what we do in the shadows today. I was like, sweetie, you realize we could have an entire party of Damphirs and just do what we do in the shadows as a D and D party now, right? Oh, that, would <laughs> that would be great. That's a podcast I would listen to. Hell yeah! There we go. Um, so that that was so 2018. So you started with RPGs in 2012. Got into D anD D in twenty eighteen. Yeah, and, and you start off as a player. When did you get into DMing? Um, immediately, uh, early twenty nineteen. Actually, okay, right around like it's almost exactly two years ago now. Oh wow! Because I, in fact, wait, you can edit out this pause. I'm gonna look it up real quick because I might be able to find. <laughs> I might be able to find out if this is how close we are to the actual day. That would be crazy if it's just today. <laughs> that would be amazing. It was it was on a Saturday, so I'm guessing it's not an exact thing. But let's see. I'm gonna look it up. Hey, um, hang on, give me one quick sec. Let's see. Okay, cool. Um, uh, but I'll tell you what happened. Essentially, I yeah, I so we were we had another friend who was in Ryan. Uh, one of Ryan's friends was mm-hmm. in that that Strahd light game and we (laughs) ended up he was like oh i'm gonna run a campaign later this year but Mm -hmm. it was like not gonna be until like april and we were like okay we don't want (laughs) to wait that long this is ridiculous (laughs) and so i was like i have other friends that i could ask and try and get them into this game and so i I contacted a couple of friends from drama school and was like, hey, do you want to play this game D&D? And they were like, I've never played before, but okay. And like, I pitched it to them like, it's really cool. It's basically acting with dice. You'll love it. You can be all these different (laughs) things. And like a lot of these people aren't even into fantasy stuff, but they were like, okay. And I, by this point, had started watching Dimension 20. And I think I started listening to Not Another D&D podcast, NADPOD, within like a week or two of starting to DM myself. And so I... I basically everything that I had seen was homebrew campaigns, so mm-hmm. it didn't even like register with me. Yeah, yeah, that I could use a, a pre written that, that was not even an option in my mind. So I, get that. I went straight in for homebrew, and it went better than I could have imagined. We played for like two and a half hours. It was an absolute wild absolutely wild experience i think we've talked about some of the stuff that happened because i've run that exact adventure Mm -hmm. actually i ran that exact same adventure for jasper the first time that he played because i introduced jasper to D D about 
less than a month after I DM'd for the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've heard about that game. Jasper talked about that one on, on, on his episode. Yeah, and... when he fell out of the tree. And yeah. Stuff that he talk- yeah. And that, that <laughs> same encounter was... That encounter... We've talked about it on our show. That encounter yeah. causes no end of problems for every every party that plays it. We're not sure why. It's just bats. It's just bats in the middle of the night. We're not sure why, but for whatever reason, these bats are an absolute nightmare to try and deal with. So they... Oh, parties are fun. Yeah. So, oh, I'm almost there. I'm almost to the date that it, that it happened. I'm, I'm scrolling through this chat. But yeah, it became this incredibly rewarding experience. Like, I went off to do a play, so we didn't get to play for a couple of months, but... I was playing mm-hmm. with Jasper and the other uh, cast of the play. I got the director. I got almost the whole cast. I got the stage manager and the assistant stage manager all playing D and D. Plus, gosh. some of the tech people were coming in and playing NPCs. It was wild. Oh, I love it. So that we we and we were playing like multiple times a week with that oh, with that campaign. That's that was, the dream right there. Yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> and then I came back and then I played with that with that same group with Ryan and the next session, it was the third session I'd ever DM'd with them. Mm-hmm. I we had a PC death. And at this point I didn't even like it was anyway, I'm going into way more stuff than just how did you get into RPGs, but yeah. the yeah, it was wild. I didn't know any of the rules for how to resurrect PCs. Like, I didn't know what any of the high-level yeah. spells were. So I just made up this dark ritual that ended up <laughs> causing another... Literally, one of the players rolled a natural 20 to help bring the, the PC back. But they had to oh, sacrifice... Wow. They had to sacrifice a an animal friend that they had just met. Oh, no! And so that was the first time that I had a PC death. It was also the first time that somebody cried at during one of my games. And oh. I was like... This is amazing. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, this is so good. That's <laughs> where you got hooked. Yes, I was like, because I'd already, I was already pretty much in, but that was the moment where I was like, yeah. yes, yes, I've done it. This person is so emotionally involved in this scenario that they are having <laughs> an involuntary emotional reaction to something that I just made up. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, and so that was pretty much it for but- me. <laughs> the, fir- the first time I had a player cry at, at the table was actually my, my co-host, Allie, during our Strahd game. And I really hope I kept a cool demeanor, but in my head I went, oh, whoa, whoa, did I do that? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> did you feel bad in the moment? I did! I was like, I just made my sister-in-law cry. Oh, no, oh, no. I, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, brutal. So, so before before we get it take take a break, I do want to get your side of the origin story of three black halflings because that's ju- that's just a thing now on these episodes. Like I, we we got to get all angles of it. Yeah. So how how because you you ran Jasper's first game, and if I remember correctly, you guys like ended up staying afterwards and talking about D anD D for like two or three hours or something like that. Uh, that wasn't that particular session. That was like Jasper later that year decided that he wanted to start running a campaign. Okay. And so he he had contacted me to be a part of it. By the way, I found I think I found the date in question. It was <laughs> actually it was March 2nd was the first oh, time that we had ever played. So we're almost there. Yeah, cuz I just found oh. I just found the message where I'm like, "Hey gang, I'm super excited to play this Saturday." And I'm like suggesting <laughs> like a start time and stuff and and telling everybody like how to come up with their characters. Oh, <laughs> such a long way away. But anyway, um Jasper yep. 
Jasper contacted me and had asked me to be a part of this campaign. And that was mm-hmm. the that was the campaign in which I created Dennis Coldspring, the black halfling. Yeah. That I and that was when I was looking for art of a black halfling monk just trying to find, you know, something cool for inspiration and couldn't find any art of even a black halfling except for mm-hmm. one obscure halfling subrace that lives on like another plane of existence or like another planet or something. I've only ever seen one picture of it. It's like this grainy black and white image of just a couple of halflings just like ah! just on some <laughs> distant planet just like, being weird. And so that game was really fun and after like we really got into that and we started to after those games we would talk sometimes for mm-hmm. hours about it for you know different dming stuff and different plans and ideas that he had in ways that he wanted to approach it because i was i think the only dm that he had ever played with at that point and okay. then eventually last spring when lockdown hit we got the the gang back together and got the cast of that show that we had done together uh, shout mm-hmm. out to the cast of the Butterfly Lion. We were like, hey, guys, let's continue this campaign. And this time, Jasper and I will co-run it. We'll take turns DMing. And then, Oh, that's awesome. And so after that, after every single one of those sessions, we would often stay behind and talk for like an hour or more. And okay. so Jasper was loving those conversations. And he was looking up stuff about, you know, D&D podcasts and black people in D&D. And he, mm-hmm. I think the, the only thing he found was the Terry Crews one shot when he played mm-hmm. with Matt Mercer as just like a fun thing with Geek and Sundry. And he was like, oh, there is a vacancy here. Mm-hmm. That could be filled. And Jasper comes up with like a lot of different ideas for projects and stuff like that. So he approached me and was like, hey, would you want to do maybe it could be like a YouTube series or like a podcast or both like we can film mm-hmm. it and maybe uh, post the video on, on YouTube. And then also it's in podcast form. And I was like, yeah, OK, cool. And we weren't sure what to call it, but then we were, we had been talking about how you, the fact that we're both black people makes it a little, mm-hmm. makes it unusual. And he had suggested that he, because he hadn't seen any podcasts where it was a mix of actual like DMing practical tips. And he was like, mm-hmm. we can even like do world creation and demonstrate it on the air so that people mm-hmm. can hear it, like how it actually is, can happen. And yeah. I was like, that's a great idea. And then we, we, we his his partner Jade uh, hashtag we know you're there Jade uh, Jade <laughs> suggested that we call it two black halflings because of you know my difficulty finding yeah. art back in the day and we were like yeah that sounds cool and so we recorded a pilot episode with just the two, the, the two of us I've heard of this infamous pilot episode yeah <laughs> I've never actually listened to it Jasper is the only one who's, who's I, listened to I, it. I've told him repeatedly, I'm like, edit it down, put it up as a Patreon thing. It would be a blast. <laughs> I keep apparently, trying to get him to do it. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's pretty bad. It. I, <laughs> I know that Jasper had a lot of issues with his audio because he kept moving his phone around because he wasn't Yeah, thinking. he was telling me that it was on the phone. <laughs> yeah, so he'd be like, what? And then I thought that milk and and it was like really muffled and i had a fan on that like was immediately underneath i think i had like my laptop on my <laughs> oh, lap God, and my fans. mic on the laptop and then the fan was pointed at my legs so yeah. the behind yeah. under my audio you just hear the, we, when we the recorded the uh when we recorded the episode with puff and forest we, we were all in the same room but it was like middle of heat august 
and oh. like so we had like four fans in the room that was a fun episode to edit oh, down oh man. my god yeah oh, that's <laughs> there intense. was a there was a lot of noise reduction on that one i'm surprised it even sounded good uh, uh yeah so then so, after that yeah. uh jasper was like yeah, that that wasn't good. We should. I think we should have a third person, and we should re-record it. Uh, first, he said we should re-record it, and then I think it would be a good idea if we added a third person, so it's mm-hmm. not just you and me. Because we neither of us had really done, I think, podcasting at all up to mm-hmm. that point. So we're. I mean, we could be effective conversationalists and stuff, but we weren't really used to it. So both of us yeah. kind of like, uh. And he was like, it would be great to have a third person, so that you know, there's just another voice, and we mix it up more. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. And we I should get. I don't remember. Per- yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't remember whose suggestion it was but i didn't know unati but i i don't remember if it was like we should get a woman oh i know a woman uh but it was like <laughs> we should get it i think i think maybe it was even jade who suggested we should get a, a woman on the show mm-hmm. and we were like yeah that sounds great and he was like uh i i, he, I was like i don't know any black women who play D D." And he was like, yeah, I, I know one. I'll ask her. Uh, I went to drama school with her. And so he asked Unati. She was like, sure. They hadn't spoken, I think, in years. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so she was like, yeah, okay. Like he had just seen her love post that. something. Yeah, he just H- seen her post you, something. Had you and Unati met before recording that first episode? No, I think we met a couple minutes before doing it. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. Okay, that is absolutely fantastic because... You're, you're saying how, like, you and Jasper, like, hadn't done the podcast thing. Because that first episode, you all just click. And, like, mm. that that's one thing that I love about that episode is if you had told me that you had been podcasting before, 100% would have believed you. Like, <laughs> you, you guys just started talking, having good conversations. You kept the flow going well. And that – I. That is amazing. You guys had not met before then. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it was – as we were doing it, I was, like, in my mind, I'm, like, this is working. <laughs> like, this, is, this feels like it's working. The last one it was a little stop start. We were having to really push, but this is like, yeah, yeah. this seems like a good dynamic. And then when and Unati's energy in, in general, I mean, she's just gonna bring yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was it was a great combo. And mm. from yeah, we I think we recorded one episode that day. Then like the next week we recorded another two. And then I think Jasper released all three at once just to try mm-hmm. and get a few episodes so people could listen. Which was a great move. Great move. Yeah. Great job, Jasper. Great idea. I don't know if it was his <laughs> well, idea or Jade's idea, but whoever well, the, the idea the, it was. For, for people out up. there who may be thinking about starting a podcast, that is a recommended thing to do of when you launch a podcast, do three episodes on the first day so people can listen to enough of you to be like, okay, I want to come back for more. Mm. And I mean, that worked for me because I, I binged all three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We got them. We got him. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it, it it seems to have worked just in general. So, yeah. yeah, we we just kept recording episodes. We were like, we would have conversations about like, oh, who are some guests we'd like to get? What are some topics we want to discuss? And I'm like, okay, I got these articles I just read about Tolkien and orcs and racism. Yep. And then I got, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this, there's this game. It's a setting for D&D. It's called Wagadu. I heard about it a couple, like a year ago, but I, I they didn't release anything at the time so i was really sad but maybe they've got something now and even if they haven't we should talk to the people who make that because that would be cool i've never yeah. heard of something like that before because and, and that was it was th- things like that i was throwing ideas i was like you guys should listen to dimension 20 we should see if we can get some of it <laughs> on uh and i I, yeah. I do remember uh i remember when jazz i i because I, I had already been following jeff canada 
And then mm-hmm. I saw he posted something and Jasper responded to him about something with three back halflings. And Jeff Kanal replied, uh, I'd be interested in that. And I remember immediately messaging Jasper and going, dude, and he just replies, Shh, I know, don't jinx it. <laughs> that was wild. That was that was one of the things that was so surprising about the show was how quickly a bunch yeah. of like wave people who are way more famous than us suddenly were like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll check it out. Like that was well, like it, that was really it's, early on. It's just on. like what you guys were saying though. Like you you saw that there was something that wasn't being made and you guys started making it and people took notice of that. I mm. mean, as soon as I saw what the show was, I was like, yes, yes, I want I need to listen. I want to listen to this. This is fantastic. And I it wasn't a surprise to me at all that people took notice of that in the community and the industry. Mm. And, yeah. and I'm so happy that they did because you guys freaking deserved all of that. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I really got to give uh, I got to give Jasper credit because it was his brainchild from the get go. It was perfectly timed. Uh, especially yeah. like in the summer of 2020 to land yeah. like really well-timed in on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was, it was like within like the first couple weeks, Rick Perry, who does the sets for Dimension 20 was listening yeah. and like had, had like retweeted us. And I was like, <gasps> and then like <laughs> Jeff Kanata had responded to us and, and I hadn't heard of Jeff Kanata, but I think I'd actually listened to a couple of episodes of, of Dungeon Run prior well the, like the, 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 year the crazy thing with that is that like i i knew jeff canada from weekend confirmed like 10 years ago i used to oh, listen wow. to him during my parking lot uh job talking about video games with grant uh Gar- garnet lee and stuff and so when he got into D i'm like oh heck yeah that's awesome and and i, yeah. I love that i love it <laughs> yeah so and yeah it was like the the there there was a whole podcasting community that suddenly mm-hmm. just was like oh like, hey guys yeah. and like ushered us in and we were like oh whoa, whoa okay uh, great uh and all of these yeah really friendly people and before we knew it we were able to get you know alan cudicio who is the leader of twin drums and uh, the the main creator on the uh, wagadu chronicles and like some of the awesome people that dude we, he's so freaking cool. awesome dude He's so yeah. It was. It's been wild. And I think the 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 moment, the two moments for me that were the most jaw dropping, were well, I'll give you a top three because there were a lot. Uh, <laughs> the three moments were when when uh, when Rick Perry basically we asked Rick Perry as like a hail mary, like, hey, is there any way that we you could contact Lou? for us because we'd love for him to be able to hear the show because he's a black performer on Mm -hmm. you know our one of our favorite D&D shows and we'd love just to know that he's like yeah uh, would you guys want me to put you in contact with him and we're like (gasps) (laughs) and so next thing we know Lou Wilson has agreed to be on the show and we're just all like ah Mm -hmm. and then and then when we got Brennan that was mm-hmm. like, I did not anticipate us being able to, uh, here's the thing, it's it's like, I didn't anticipate us ever getting most of these people in, not like the six, the first six months of the show. If yeah. we were going to get them at all, it, I was imagining it was like, ah, oh, if we do this thing for like two years, two, three years, really build up yep. a following, then maybe. Not not like, <laughs> oh, we started this show, we released the first episode on June 26th, and then in August, we have yeah. Lou Wilson on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, what? And then in like November, we have Brennan on. Uh, that was, that, that was, those were the two of the biggest, and then the other biggest was when, was when Wizards of the Coast 
yeah. contacted us and were like, hey, you guys want to be on uh, Dragon Talk? And we're like, <gasps> like, what? Like, I was looking at the list of people who had been on that show. Yeah. And it was like, Matthew Mercer has been on a bunch of times. They had Matthew Lillard. I think they had Joe Manganiello on. They had, mm-hmm. they had uh, Brennan uh, Lee Mulligan. They had Emily Axford. They had Brian Murphy. Like, all of my favorite D&D people and then actual famous people were on yeah. this, were yeah. on this show. And I was like, man. The, wow. the the way the way you're talking about it uh, makes me think of like like I don't I don't know if you fell this way but like when when I started doing the stuff with Codename Entertainment and stuff I was in an email once and had uh, 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 B Dave Walters Aaron M Evans Mark Muir and Christina Ariel and I I, I straight up tweeted I'm like I feel like I am a freshman that somehow snuck into the senior year picture <laughs> yes. like there's this giant picture of all these cool people and down at the bottom is me going how did I get here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you it's like not even just the senior picture it's like the the ex the superlatives for like the, it's yeah. like the valedictorian and salutatorian and you're just like hey and you're in the back waving yeah <laughs> like you're just there somehow that's that's legitimately what it feels like i think one of the weirdest experiences is when you interview somebody who that you've been listening to for like years oh yeah and you know and they, they especially if it's them as themselves like it's 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 one thing if it's an actor and they're playing mm-hmm. somebody. But if it's somebody who you see essentially playing themselves, and then you talk mm-hmm. to them, and then their voice sounds the same as it does when you <laughs> listen to them, and they behave the same way, so it feels mm-hmm. like you're in the show with them. <laughs> and it's like, what is going on? Like, why am... They can hear me now. They can hear me this... T- like, I, yeah. they sound the same, but now I'm in the show. The 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 first podcast I ever did in my life uh, was actually uh, called uh, it's it was called We Are Not Dead and it was a fan podcast for the radio drama We're Alive, hmm. uh, which B. Dave Walters was in the the actual play for, and um, the on that show was Greg Miller who was my freaking idol of podcasting. And so, like, I always, oh, I listen wow. to all of his IGN shows and everything like that. So he gets in the call, and it's just Greg Miller talking. And I'm like, this feels weird. Like, he's talking to me, but I still feel like I'm listening to a podcast. He just <laughs> happens to be saying things in response to what I'm saying. Oh, man. That's so cool. <laughs> I, to- I totally get what you mean by that. Where it's just like, this, am I, I'm here? Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break uh, real quick and do our uh, Champions Loot. This is part of the show where we give out a code that you can get an Electrum Chest and Idle Champions to get some more loot to uh, kick Evil's butt in that game in the numerous ways that it's available to do. Uh, this week's code is P-I-N-G-G-R-U-B-C-H-I-D. Like I said, put that in on Isle Champions on the numerous platforms it's available on because I guarantee you have a device somewhere in your house that plays that game and you get some free stuff on us. And uh, take a screenshot of it if you can and send it to us on Twitter at Difficulty Class because we love to see what you get. We love celebrating with you. Or put it on Reddit too because uh, they're, they're, they're doing that stuff. Uh, at least tell us on there because I see you on there. I see you, Reddit. You're posting stuff. Um... And now we're going to move over to our DC Spotlight, which, uh, I mean, you guessed it. It's going to be three black halflings. If <laughs> This is the third time we have... And actually, no, it's more than that, because I've yelled at you, uh, y'all before to listen to the show. If you have not listened to the show, go do it right now. Stop this show. Go listen to all of it. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> and, 
But if you have listened to it, uh, uh, y'all have a Patreon that is fantastic, by the way. Yeah, Jasper, Jasper actually messaged me. He's like, hey, here's the tiers that we're thinking about doing. I was like, good stuff. <laughs> I was like, I, I, have no, I have no experience with this, but I would subscribe to that. <laughs> I think he literally even posted about it on the Discord. Like, hey, guys, he did, he for did. the Patreon, uh, what, what were you guys thinking? Like, do these sound good? And people were like, well, yeah. I'm not a fan of this one, but the rest of it's cool. It's like, great, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, where 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 can they go to get that uh the 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 Patreon for that? Uh well, pretty much everywhere uh is we're we're TB Halflings. So Twitter at TB Halflings, Facebook TB Halflings, Instagram at TB Halflings, and Patreon TB Halflings. Yes, yes, definitely go check that out. Yes. Also, uh, I'll give I'll give another shout here. The Discord, your your guys' Discord server is fantastic. Oh, I, I just you. lurk in there now because I'm so busy I can't have conversations. Yeah, but I love seeing what's going on there. The meme section. Yes, what, that that is a that is oh my gosh, <laughs> it, is there, it is primo killer, folks. It yeah. is a good. It is a very very good meme section, and yeah. on top of that, it's like it's actually forming into an, a community, a real community of people. Mm-hmm. People are like it's become self sustaining. Is what it feels like. It feels like <laughs> we've cr- had something, and it's like it's alive because people are completely independent of us. Just like hey, who wants to play together? And we have like a play together. Uh, oh, uh, that's chat awesome. Where people can like get together, and I think I, I played in one of them. Uh, we were playing Wander Home. It's a really fun, very very wholesome RPG about exploring the world. Lots of cute stuff. It's like it's like Redwall, but with all the bad guys taken out. And it's very okay. cute. It's like Redwall mixed with Over the Garden Wall, but there's no Beast and there's no Clooney the Scourge. But it's <laughs> it's just like it's wonderful. I I was a I was a shepherd of bumblebees. They call them bumbles. Gigantic bumblebees. Uh, I, I herded these bumbles all around. And I had, it has like on the character creation, there's like a list of the different kinds of bumbles you can have. And it's mm-hmm. just great. And it, there's no DM. Anyway, but that people oh, have perfect. played on there. Yeah, there's all kind. people share their own work. People will share stuff that they're into. Yeah, people will ask questions and advice. And other people in the community will come and help contribute answers it's really great very very wholesome place i highly recommend highly and i think you can get to the discord on our twitter yeah that's that's actually what i was just (laughs) typing in to make sure yeah yeah yeah. there's a i think there's a link tree and then you can get to it yep there it is yeah Yeah, go to the twitter be sure to follow on there and uh follow the link tree and get to the discord and if anything, um, if any of the if any of the names I've given are inaccurate, you can just type in. You can Google three black halflings, and then the site of your choice. And if we're on there, it should hopefully come up. Perfect. <laughs> um, so the the second part of the show, we were talking about a, a topic to do, and you had an idea that I I absolutely love because it's something we haven't talked about on the show is mm. prepping for a campaign as a DM. So like mm-hmm. not. Not like the session zero or anything, but like the the pre work, the stuff that really goes into it. Yeah, and I I think this is a fantastic time to have that conversation because you homebrew and I mainly uh, do pre written stuff. Mm, yeah. So as a homebrewer, what do you do when you're prepping for a game? Like let's say let, let you know Barrett, let's give it a situation where you're hanging out with some friends and some of them are like, hey, let's do a game y'all decide on it so there's no there been no pre-thought into it before this mm-hmm. you have your group and you're you're gonna get ready for it how do you prep for that what do you start doing it usually starts as a conversation 
nowadays. I will ask the group, okay. what kind of game do you guys want? Like, do you want, like, a straightforward medieval European fantasy type setting? Like a Lord of the Rings sort of scenario? Do you want... And, and the, out of that, we'll usually get ideas, not just a genre, but ideas that will help form, like, the basis for the beginning of the campaign. So mm-hmm. in some cases, in a couple of cases, they've been, people have been like, I want to do like a noir setting. So uh, it'll be like, okay. In one version of that we did, I was like, okay, so like a noir movie. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, okay, so like New York. Okay. So we got to come up with people who like, but we'll have all the same fantasy races and stuff, but we'll just have them be in like 1946, New York city. Oh my God. And so then from there, for that one, it was different because I actually had to do research on nineteen, like on New York in the nineteen forties, <laughs> and especially because one of the characters, one of the players, wanted to be a baseball player, so he wanted to be a pro baseball player. So it's like, okay, so we got to have him on the Yankees, and yeah. so I'm looking up like who was on the Yankees roster, and that'll be my NPCs. And I'm looking up, like, because I didn't want to use the names of the actual cities, so I would look up information about the cities and be like, okay, I'll use a name that is tangentially related. So instead of America, it's now Cortesia, because apparently Cortez, (laughs) (laughs) it got named after Cortez instead of America Vespucci, and stuff like that. And it, it was, so that was one thing. It'll be like research there. Or, but usually, I will say this, usually my pre-world building is, the my best pre-world building is based on what the character, what the players themselves give me as part of their character's okay. backstories. Um, oh, okay, okay. I, I talk to them about like, okay, where does your character come from? What are they doing? Because I, because I came up watching Dimension 20, which if you ever watch, if you ever want to watch a real good, very funny, very heartwarming, but also very like emotionally intense at times and just absolutely crazy off the wall, creative D&D show, go watch Dimension 20. It's great. Uh, you can get it for free on YouTube. And then if you want like some of the more recent episodes that you can go to drop out. But anyway, uh, the, <laughs> they, uh, they, in that show, Brennan Lee Mulligan, the DM does an amazing job of weaving in all of the players backstories into the framework of the campaign itself to where mm-hmm. like it doesn't it's these aren't just any group of people going on a campaign they're they're actually engaging with things that matter to them so okay. like in the first season there is a boy one of the kids is like a boy detective it's a high school and part of the main thrust of the campaign is trying to find out what happened to his childhood babysitter uh, he's oh. like a wannabe boy detective, and he's like, I want to find out what happened to my childhood babysitter. Another one is like very religious, like a very much middle America Christian type. And mm-hmm. she's like, my church is maybe involved with some bad stuff. So we're investigating that as well. And it's like, it's all woven in. So for me, I'm like, okay, what's your backstory? Cool. You want this and this and this and this and this? Okay, then I'm going to put you in situations that either relate directly to this for some of the characters or challenge your character as you set them out. So like for the very first session I ever ran, I think one of the players, my friend Ryan played a Minotaur barbarian who wanted to be, his name's Jaw, And he wanted to be (laughs) this, he wanted to be this conquering guy. And so 
I put him up, but he had min-maxed his character, so he had an intelligence of 7, and started with a strength of 20, and a, a constitution of 19. Oh and so, God. I was like, cool. But everything else is either average or below average, which means that any magic user that is forcing him to make saves, this dude yep. is going to get ripped apart. And, yep. but wouldn't you know it, he immediately, he gets the fear spell cast on him, runs away from the fight, and then shows up uh, against all odds, he tries to grapple a spellcaster. He has it, he's in a rage, so he has advantage on this. The spellcaster outrolls him, even though she has a <laughs> minus to strength, so he can't even successfully grapple him or grapple her. And then she knocks him out with a blast to the face. And Beautiful. it was like his whole character, but his whole character's mind is like, oh no, how could this have happened? I'm all mm. about being the strongest and the bravest, but I, I not only fled from battle, I got spanked by an <laughs> elf spellcaster. What is going on? And so now, like, it's session two, and he's already having a crisis of character. I Whereas, like, the other one, it's related... The the elf was related to her backstory and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's where well, I built that out of. One of the questions I, w- I want to ask you is... Um, so, what you're talking about your, your characters making their backstories and stuff. Are you... Just uh, like, are, is there conversation between you and your players about locations or are you letting them make up a location and you're just building out around it? Usually the, usually the latter. I don't usually, okay. I don't like to do useless world building. Cause if I make something that I usually want people to see it. So <laughs> I don't usually like to make up a bunch of stuff that will never go do. So I, at least, especially early on, will base it heavily because it always feels small to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think usually with my games, I mean, even if there's like a sense that there's a bunch out there and it's like, oh, this could, this is a lot bigger. What we're dealing mm-hmm. with is relatively small because we're okay. dealing with stuff that it's like from what you guys gave me, but from what you guys gave me, I can spin out a whole bunch more. And then what's really great is if I have left a lot of stuff undefined based on what the the players choose to do, I can then create stuff in the world that can react to them. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes like uh, it, they're they're sort of co world builders, and in some okay. cases, if it's a if it's a location that's important to their backstory and who they are as a character, I will s- sit down with the player and ask them to basically tell me about yeah. where they come from, and so I'll build stuff out of that. Usually, then add a bunch of stuff in that I come up with, but the basis for it will be what the player themselves come up with. Okay, yeah. The on on the on the the flip side of this for the pre-written stuff like like let's say the same situation it's like okay we all want to play a game Uh, trevor's gonna dm we're gonna set aside time to do this like i i mostly fall back on it well it's funny the reason i originally fell back on pre-written campaigns is because i was like oh i i don't have as much time this will this will make it easier lies <laughs> yeah, I wanted to like, ask what what kind of prep do you have to do going in for a pre-written campaign? Well, well so like when when I did when I did the first one uh which was uh um oh my god, Tyranny of Dragons. I that, that was where I was like, okay, it'll be fine. Everything's in the book. Lies. Mm. Uh like it'd be like, "All right, they're approaching Waterdeep." And they just put that word there. They oh, don't they don't say no. anything else about that. And I'm like, Okay, now I gotta Google this, and then I Google it and find six pages of information. Yeah. Go, crap! This tiny book's a lot bigger than it looks. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's brutal. So, like, but like, I ended up kind of having like that ended up kind of being fun for me because while I'm doing this and I'm learning about stuff, I was world building for books. 
So mm. I kind of feel like it was a nice balance because I was already I was gonna get burnt out if I was trying to world build three books and a D and D world. Mm-hmm. So instead, in, instead of that, it's more of like, oh, I get to set aside time and learn about this world. Mm-hmm. So I, I just sit down and I read about like, it's like, okay, what's up with Avernus? What, what's its mm-hmm. deal? Who, what's going on there? Who's doing what? And, and so I'll sit and read through that. But when, when it comes to running a game for people that's kind of set up like that, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've heard the show, but like I have an MCU world where like mm-hmm. every game I've ever run takes place in the same world. Okay. Time yeah. passes with Shared each universe. session and stuff. Yeah. So like my That's players really cool. right now, yeah, my players right now are working with uh, a faction that was created by my first players in fifth edition back oh, in 2014. Nice. That's, so, yeah, so, That's like, so cool. Yeah. So like, like I, the main reason I do this though is so that I don't have to relearn new things. I'm like, <laughs> nope, everything's already happened. I know what's going on. Do those other PCs uh, show up? Like the ones. Oh yeah. The- yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife's character from that first game is actually going to end up being a pl- uh, a character again in the campaign we got going on because oh, cool. we already figured out a reason to bring her back in levels and everything. So like those characters come back and as NPCs or players mm-hmm. and stuff like that, they're they're always there. I did have to I did kill a person's character. Uh, when they weren't oh, there no. and they were really upset. I'm like, I'm, it was out of my hands. I'm sorry. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> they were yeah. there and things happened. That was one um, of the things I wanted to ask because when you, uh, if you're doing a shared universe and you're bringing back people's characters, so you're NPCing these people. Yeah. Much of the time. Uh, and, 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 and I, and I make that clear for players. I'm just like, just a heads up. You play in my world. Your character is canon. Oh, Once you okay. are not at this table, they are free game. <laughs> oh man. Well, at least I was going to ask, like, how do you communicate that with these people? Do they have to sign well, a it, waiver? It, well, <laughs> what's kind of cool, though, is that, like, I have old players that are like, hey, what's uh, what's Gwendolyn up to? Yeah. Or like, and, and I'll tell them what their character has done with these other players and how they've influenced the story oh, so many years nice. after them being there. Um, but so essentially what I'll do is I'll, I'll go through game. I'll go through the pre-written campaigns that haven't, I haven't run yet, which is getting lower, um, <laughs> and be like, okay, which, which of these sounds fun? Like, I just kind of give them the title and the cover mm. and the, they'll, they'll pick one of them and I'll, I'll be like, all right, cool. This is what we're doing. We're going to, we're off to the races. And then I just dive into that book and I, I have massive amounts of sticky notes. Actually, you know what? I, I got a book here. Oh yeah, this show is me. this is my Tomb of Annihilation book, and mm-hmm. like for I used to do them by session, so like here's all my Whoa. sticky notes per session, and then I'll go through the book and make notes. So like when it was in Port Nye and Zaru, like mm-hmm. uh, sticky notes are just all oh, over wow. information. That's really cool. <laughs> um, How many sessions yeah, like, did it take to get through Tomb of Annihilation? I streamlined a lot of stuff, mm. uh, but I feel like we did at, we did at least thirty sessions. I think. Whoa. Yeah. Um. And we did we did it almost weekly at that point. Um. Uh, I but thought we, that we, was yeah, like a smaller one. I did not realize it was that long. Well, so like, that's the thing. Like, my sessions aren't norm aren't really that long. Mm. I run my sessions are usually about two to three hours. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And the, the main reason I do that is because I found that it keeps players kind of on their toes. Like mm. they're like, okay, I'm only here for this amount of time. I'm not going to dick around on my phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we end cool. up getting a lot done, uh, but we, we just play for that amount of time. Uh, 
but yeah, so like I, I'll go through and because we have it set in this world, what I'll do is then kind of go individually to the players and be like, okay, let me know if you want to have been from a city or a town. If you want to be from a town, make it up. It is fine. It will be wherever. Uh, but if you want to be from a city, we can go through what cities are there on the Sword Coast and figure out which one is good for your backstory and kind of yeah. work with them from there. And then my my absolute favorite thing to do is to grab the Xanathar book and to roll for like history stuff for their character. Uh, like, but especially, for, especially for players who like, like I don't do backstories. Like I've had plenty of players that was like, I don't do a backstory. Like I just, I don't, I don't know what to do there. So I take out Xanathar's. I'm like, roll some dice. It's like, uh, mm. you were once swallowed by a giant fish. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> I never even looked at that. Oh, I've... dude, the weird. The, one of my favorite things. There is a table in Xanathar's guide that's just called weird stuff. Whoa. <laughs> and it's like one of my players uh, rolled a thing and it was, you were turned invisible and were stuck that way for a year. <laughs> That's crazy. So this is all weird stuff that can go in a backstory? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, wow. so like we'll, we'll roll to be like, oh, you were in a big battle. And because this is an ongoing world, I can be like, okay, do you want to have been in a unknown war that we haven't talked about yet? Or do you want to have been in the war of dragons that basically kicked off this universe? Mm. And now, and even now, like we've, we've, we did storm King's thunder and there was a giant war in there. And so now I can also be like, do you want to have been in this war? Mm. So I have like one of my players in my current campaign in his backstory was that he was at the well of dragons during the war while the original players were flying high to go fight Tiamat. So oh, I have, that's so cool. So he was just I down all, there and they're just, yeah. See, yeah. See the people flying up above like, huh? Wonder what they're doing. Yeah. And now he works for them. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. That's wild. That's really so, cool. So that's kind of like, that's kind of the prep stuff that I will do. And yeah, just massively reading the, the book. Mm. And just trying to convert all of that to memory. <laughs> yeah, that was what I, I guess two things or in, since you're getting it specifically from a book and not from notes, do you like use the book essentially as your notes and as you're running, you refer directly to the book to tell people kind of what's happening next? Yeah, uh, pr pretty much like I, I, I'll have refreshed myself with the book before going into a session and then I'll have it there, but it's probably not open. And I'm just running it. And then if I'm like, okay, hang on. I can't quite remember something. I'll take it out and look at it real quick. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's this dude. Okay, cool. Um, the, one of the things though, is I'm like with curse of Strahd, curse mm. of Strahd. I don't know if you cracked open that book, but it is I've not organized. Yeah. It's not organized very nicely. And it's so really like expansive, right? Just hugely it, expansive. And oh, you can yeah. just do whatever for most of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the thing is though, is that stuff is in order of it appearing on the map. So like right. Ravenloft is chapter two. Yeah. And so like trying to read through it and get everything was almost impossible. So I would try to read ahead of like where I think they're going. <laughs> Oh, and one time they're like, we're going to go to this town. I went, I haven't even opened that chapter yet. Oh, uh, no. And so I was like, give me 10 minutes, make a sandwich. And yeah. I just speed read that chapter. <laughs> <laughs> You're just sitting so there like, full goodwill hunting, just looking at the page oh, yeah. in an instant. Ah, ah. 100%. Yeah. So, so like, that's one thing that like, I kind of have like jealousy of for like homebrewers is that like, 
I, I, and I, I mean, I could be wrong about this. I feel like if you run into a spot where someone wants to go where you haven't written, you just start making it up. Is, is that what you do? In some cases, yeah. Uh, you, uh, it's, it's rough because I, I think for me, what usually happens is they don't usually want to go someplace that I haven't okay. made up unless it's like a store. They're like, hey, is there some place here that I can go to buy this? Not like, I want to go. and Because right now I'm running a campaign that's like a mixture of like gothic horror and noir. So that it's in this gigantic Ooh. city that's like also a country. It's so big. It's it's like the size of a U.S. state almost. Like Rhode that's Island. Awesome. Uh, and they're so far, like no one has been like, I want to go and find every park in the city. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> it's never been that bad. It'll be like, I really want to go and buy some cigarettes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I haven't made up a cigarette shop, but I can, you know, I have a yeah. list here of NPC yeah. names and I can just throw a shop together and a th- characterization and yeah, improvise it that yeah. way, which is, it's an adventure, but you sometimes <laughs> end up with like NPCs that people really like. Like I oh, improvised, yeah. I improvised an NPC. One of so in one of the characters' backstories, she had used to work for a really wealthy family, and she was in a, a bind, so she needed some help. She contacted the family. I hadn't really built up this family yet, so I was like, "Cool." Well, I'm like improvising. They send their bugbear driver over to pick you up. His name is Barnaby. And like <laughs> now I'm improvising the character of Barnaby. And now everybody suddenly loves Barnaby. <laughs> like, and so like, cool. We got oh, yeah. Barnaby and we got him hooked. <laughs> I, th- I, there was a, there was a term that, uh, that Unati used on, on Three Black Halflings that Allie and I have totally adopted, which, which is homebrew light or, you know, like mm. homebrew Jason and stuff like that, where it's like, we're, we're, we're do, we absolutely do the pre-written stuff, but we do some homebrew too. Like we will make up NPCs and stuff like that. If like for me, uh, like most recently with, with Baldur's Gate, mm. uh, there was certain parts of this plot that I'm like that is not great uh i'm going to just not do that and so i will i'll strip that out and throw something in there and uh, it's great because yeah. my players have no idea uh um, yeah but but i totally hear you with the npc thing like uh, when i was running pathfinder uh we did skulls and shackles and there was a pirate campaign they were on an island and they were one of the players was looking for somebody they're like oh i want to find a mystic and i'm like okay uh and so i just start, <laughs> i made up this npc and I didn't want to give him the info he was looking for. And I couldn't figure out a good reason to not do that other than that the guy was drunk. <laughs> so I just started playing this drunk wizard. And he was like, what's your name? I was like, Driftwood. And they're like, why? I mean, he's like, uh, because they, uh, the only memory I have is waking up naked on a beach. And somebody said, look, some driftwood. And I just thought that was me. Uh, and now that character has transcended game settings and is now basically my excuse for DM magic. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so good. He's you, yeah. you had no idea in that moment that this that driftwood oh, no. would become such Not at an all. Like they, 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 The party immediately loved him. They got him to come back to the boat with him. He started traveling with them. And so it was just wow. my way of just doing in just off the wall uh, uh, DM stuff for no reason. Mm. And I just got to say, Driftwood did it. 
<laughs> That's great. I yeah. love that. So uh, I wanted to ask, in terms of character backstories, now, you said a lot of people will just, like, not even, they'll just roll for them. Do mm. you incorporate those backstories into the game? Because I know I, they're not, the, the written yeah. modules are not written in such a way that it's like, here's a good spot to stick this yeah. backstory in. I How- try to do that as much as possible. Um, it is, I will admit, it is way harder than I think it would be as homebrew. Like in Homebrew, I can just like write it and it's like, this is that. Um, but I will try one, one of the things that I've done that I've had some success with is kind of pulling surprises with people's backstories mm. where like, um, okay, spo- slight spoilers for uh, 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 Sent to Avernus. I'm going to be vague about it, but mm. there is a demon lord in there that has dealings with giants. Okay. Previously, I had established that my, oh, my my player Kyle St. James, his character Uthal, had he's a uh, Goliath, and I had established uh, that he has giant blood in him, and he doesn't know how this is a thing. He was never told about this, hmm. so I saw an opportunity when they had to I- interact with this demon lord that I'm going to pull on his backstory a bit. So essentially, I had it that that demon lord's like, oh. I know your blood. I, uh, your grandfather made a deal with me. Your souls actually belongs to me. And so like, I'll find ways of doing that where I'm like, okay, this has a, a, a keyword that has to do with something this player's done. And so I'll just move it to be around that instead. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that seems like a really effective way of doing it. And I bet that was a great yeah. moment for that player too. Oh yeah, no, he loves it. He he got the, he made a deal with that demon lord and was like, "Tell you what, what if I get you some souls?" And so now he has this demon rapier that steals souls Whoa. of anything that he kills, and once he gets a hundred, his souls back to being his. Whoa, that's crazy! But now, but now I've told him like, if you ever die, your soul goes to him. Yeah. Like you cannot be resurrected. If you ever die right now, your soul is his. <laughs> oh wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Um actually uh, one of the characters in my in my Gothic Noir game died in session five. And oh they there was like they in their backstory the idea was that there there was a, a legend that their village was cursed. And then it turns mm-hmm. out that it may have actually been. Because when when she woke up, she was in the Shadowfell in like this graveyard of and apparently it's where all the people from her village go. And it basically, in or- while she was in the Shadowfell, she ended up meeting a guy who turned out to be uh, Dr. Heinrich Faustus, uh, who had, he is now a, a servant of Mephistopheles. And she ended oh, up geez. selling her soul to Mephistopheles and becoming a warlock in exchange for power to help save herself and her family from this, apparently, there's some kind of tyrannical ruler or something that is ruling mm-hmm. over this area that her family's in. And then she got brought back to life, uh, just in, and thankfully the gothic lineages came out just in time that she is now a uh, a, a reborn. Oh, she hell yeah. She got brought back as a reborn, yeah. That's awesome. So she's awesome. part construct now. But yeah, I it's really, that. it's it can be really cool to... Uh, I guess incorporating characters' backstories into the game and just and and using choices that players yeah. make, I think mm-hmm. are are the two. They are like the two most consistent uh, elements or actions you can take that will produce crazy cool stuff that you never yeah. could have predicted. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. I. I think. 
I think if I if I wanted a listener to walk away with something from this conversation, it is that the, I think one of the most important things for a DM prep homebrew or pre-written is talking with your players about mm. the story and trying yep. to involve it as much as possible. Um and and like I like I said, I, I've had players who have been like, I don't do backstory, backstory is not my thing. And so I have essentially asked them, like, do I have permission to do stuff with your character that they don't know about. I will essentially ask them, can I pull a twist with you? <laughs> yeah. Can I shamal like, um, on you, bro? Can I shamal on oh, you? Oh, no. Like, like uh, in, in the Curse of Strahd game, one of my players was like, I don't know what my backstory is. All I know is that my player is that my character died at one point, and she doesn't remember what happened. So I pulled, I, I was like, okay, I have permission to mess with this. She goes, absolutely. So she ended up learning that she was a different person that was messing with soul magic and ended up removing her soul from her body, getting trapped in that form, and then basically abducting someone else's body, which killed them. Oh, and no. she didn't know it would. And now she's inhabiting this body that isn't hers. Yeah. But, but because of that, she now has the ability to remove people's souls and put them into things which is how they defeated strahd <laughs> what did they what did they they pulled out strahd's soul yeah no be, because of the whole i am the land thing like yeah i had it that they pulled that she they knocked him down they got a, his hit points down and she removed his soul and put it into a button what so it's like yeah. a horcrux they turned strahd, yeah, pretty strahd much. into a horcrux pretty much and then, and then I totally stole a thing from uh from Dice Camera Action where that button is now the eye of a straw doll and it kind of moves around sometimes and is all spooky. Oh, <laughs> Annabelle, it's gone full Annabelle. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we we are we're running towards the end of the episode here. Do you got any last thoughts on uh on prep, uh for a DM? Yes. Uh, I think it is also very important. Uh, piggybacking on what you said uh, as part of this conversation to talk about your players' boundaries and what they are comfortable oh, with, yes. content-wise. Hundred percent. That is, I think that that's a that is a something we've been preaching as a session zero thing. Hundred percent. You got to have that conversation. Yeah, because that's one thing that I didn't even really think about early on. Like it wasn't really a consideration mm -hmm. for me. And thankfully, it has never really been a big issue in any of the games that I've DM'd. But yeah. I've seen examples of other games that I've either been in or have seen, you know, being streamed somewhere. And it is, it can, look, the point of the game is to have fun. You want mm -hmm. everybody to have fun. So it's best to avoid including material in the game that may be uh, less than fun for some of the people at the table. And the only real way to, to make sure that you do that is by talking to them up front and maybe even just establishing a system whereby they can uh, signal when something is uncomfortable. Yeah, hundred uh, yeah. percent. Yeah, no that 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 is that is great advice. And I like like you're saying, like it's not something we thought about doing before, but like the the way that social relationships are changing, that yeah. is absolutely a needed thing to happen. And I, I beg everyone listening to this: if you do a game, even if you're not the DM have this happen in session zero yeah it needs it needs to be a thing there's if you look up online there's safety tools that you can see that like that different methods of approaching it 
Uh, mm-hmm. And then even like ideas for how to signal if you're having issues with something at the table mid game. Yeah. Uh, actually, my, we did an mine is usually yo, show. I'm not cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if you guys on difficulty class did a specific episode about it, um, but I know we did on on TBH at one. We did an episode all about safety tools. Yeah, we, we we've had a, we've had a couple episodes talking about like, hey, things you shouldn't do at the table, and like these are conversations you should have. Mm. Um, yeah, no, hundred percent. We 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 are very much behind. Like the gaming table should be a safe space for everyone. It is a place to go have fun. So make mm. sure everyone is having fun. Don't don't ruin that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and go listen to those episodes if you haven't. Yes, <laughs> yes, very good information uh jeremy thank you so much for joining me this has been an absolute blast i totally understand how you and jeremy just stayed up for three hours talking I'm about jeremy <laughs> or to god dang it, it. i understand it how you again. and jasper stayed up for three hours talking about this stuff <laughs> <laughs> how many times is, is that is that the third time i think it's the third <laughs> that i mean that 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 completes the joke third time yeah <laughs> Now we can't do it again or else we've done we it too many times. At that yeah, point, uh, like, the, yeah. after that, it's just insulting and, and you should just <laughs> drop just out of the le- call. I, yeah, I just leave. Like, <laughs> I scream a bunch of expletives and then just leave. <laughs> you just hear that like old AOL instant messenger door slam. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you so much for, for joining me on this. This is an uh, absolute blast of a conversation. Uh, t- tell people where they can uh, find you on social media. And, and uh, once again, t- tell them, listen yeah. to that. That awesome um, well, podcast of yours. I am uh, one third of the podcast Three Black Halflings, available wherever pods are cast. And if you want to <laughs> find us on social media, we are TB Halflings on basically all of the major social medias uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, Pornhub, OnlyFans. Uh, I think we are. We have an account on J Date. Uh, we just recently opened uh, TB Halflings on all of those various platforms. Just go check us out. <laughs> unless you're eight, unless you're under eighteen, in which case some of those platforms you should not check out at all. Especially <laughs> not looking for us. <laughs> Uh, See, TikTok. I, 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 I've <laughs> honestly wondered. I'm like, I feel like, I feel like Pornhub would be like that chill company that's just like, let them just put the podcast up. It's there, fine. <laughs> there was a, a, a back before College Humor went under. One of their employees, uh, I saw, I saw it was shared on like the re- the subreddit, the College Humor subreddit, had been like making videos at work like just comedy videos of him and his coworkers and posting them to porn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, well, uh, once again, thank you for being on the show. That is going to do it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support it is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice. And please do that on Three Black Halflings as well. The reviews really do help. It is how uh, you know visibility happens and communities mm-hmm. are grown. Um, if you want to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Difficulty Class. If you want to see an inactive Instagram account, you can follow us at Difficulty Podcast. Uh, <laughs> if you have an idea for a topic, a uh, you have a question, you got an encounter, something that you want us to talk about, you can send those into Difficulty Class at gmail.com, and we'd love to talk to you about it. But until next week, have a good game. And I have been happy to be here.